the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It's good to be here. Looking at the uh, stock market, all things financial, personal financial stuff. Um, by the way, that's kind of what we do at Bullington Capital. If you're actually a first-time listener, we try to help people prepare for retirement. We concentrate on uh, retirement readiness. And by the way, that that doesn't stop when you retire. That that actually goes on long after you retire. That you'll be doing this until you actually pass away. Quite frankly, uh, in fact, passing away requires a significant amount of of planning knowledge. Um, education, a team of people to try to help you out to get you to be able to handle that stuff as quickly and as unemotionally as possible uh, so that you can concentrate on being with your family. And so if you have any questions regarding any of that, please feel free to give us a call. And I'm very fond of saying that you are never too young to start planning for retirement. Let's say you're right out of college. And you only want to work until you're 40. I go, well, great. That's awesome. If you're right out of college, you got to work till 40. That gives you, you know, if you're 22, that gives you 18 years. How much money would you need today to be able to live the lifestyle that you want to live? And this is where you get the blank stare. <laughs> you say, oh, well, what do you mean? Well, you're going to have to live, right? I mean, you're going to probably eat food, drive a car, have some sort of housing, wear some sort of clothing, hopefully. Um, so all that stuff is going to cost money. So you figured that out. That's not that easy to do, by the way. That's not that easy to do when you've been doing it for 20 or 30 years because life changes. Certain things are going to cost more 10 years from now than they do today. Certain things are going to cost less. So you just have to come up with an estimate. How much money do you need? And then when you... Get that money, divide that money 
divide that number by 4.5%. I used to use uh, 6%, but you know what? Markets have changed like a lot. You can't get a 6% CD anymore. They don't exist. So it doesn't mean you can't reach your goals. You're just going to have to make adjustments. That, that's all it is, really. But think about that for a second. So if you wanted $45,000, you figure, well, I think I could get by on $45,000. All right. Don't know how you came up with that number. That's okay. But 45000 is 4.5% of a million bucks. You got a million bucks? You can just live that lifestyle right now. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting. I, I was saying this on a, a spot. A, they call it a vignette. It's a long, it's like a mini interview that was on uh, 955 The Fish. And some accountant wrote a really nasty email saying, you got to quit saying that. You're, de- you're depressing my clients. Okay, well, what are you telling your clients? Are you telling them that they can get a lot more money than that? Four and a, have you seen a 4.5% CD anywhere? Well, maybe in Russia or Hong Kong, but uh, not in America. And I don't think they're that high in Russia either. But the, uh, the bottom line is, you know, that this is the reality. It's a tough one. And I think it's great if you start off when you're 22 years old. You know, a million dollars, 45000 that's in today's dollars, by the way, if inflation averages about 3%, and there's a pretty good chance it might be a little bit more than that with uh, the stimulus spending that's going on. But over the next 40 years, prices will double about approximately twice. So 45000 it's going to take actually 135000 40 years from now at just roughly over a 3% inflation rate to be able to spend that, you know, what would be worth $45,000 in today's dollars. So if you're a little overwhelmed at the million bucks, guess what? You can, uh, no, actually, I take that back. It only doubles over that time period. So, yeah, you'd need about two million bucks to have a $45,000 a year lifestyle. That's before taxes, by the way. So that's a lot. It's a lot. That's why I'm always saying you are never too young. The earlier you learn or find out about this, the better off you'll be. Now, what we have today, a lot of people have pensions. They have Social Security. Social Security has been pegged to inflation. It's followed it loosely. and It hasn't kept up, but it's still pretty good. And by the way, don't, don't worry about the Social Security not being there. It's really easy to fix a Social Security problem. You just freeze the payments, don't raise them to keep up with inflation for two or three years, extend the full retirement age of 72, voila. <laughs> You're done. So, uh, and I know, and a lot of people are thinking, full retirement at 72? Well, life expectancy, 20 years from now, it's probably going to be 72. Although if it stays on its current trend, you know, life expectancy has actually gone down for the first time. I forget in how many years it was. But it, it actually trickled back a little bit. It went from a little over 70 years to just uh, a smaller amount over 70 years. <laughs> Fewer number of months. So anyway, you've got to come up with a, just a, a, a plan. The plan does not have to be exact. In fact, the more wiggle room you put into your plan, the better off you're going to be by far. If you're an engineer... Or if you're a CPA, 
and you're used to trying to be well CPAs are not used to trying to be exact I you know now that I know more about that industry they are not trying to be exact at all in some cases because in some cases they're given numbers by their their clients that are meaningless <laughs> or they don't have them and every CPA I know that's out there is listening is going oh yeah 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 that's truth yes so if you're an engineer, you're trying to be really exact. The financial markets don't really um, help you out a lot in that case because they're not very exact. You have to come up with estimates, and that's all we're doing. But a good estimate is a lot better than a plan that is highly detailed and exact that fails. Does that make sense? A good estimate is better than a highly detailed plan that fails. And it's my opinion that it doesn't really need to be extremely exact. You just need to be in the ballpark because trying to be exact is going to be, it's going to cripple your performance. It's going to cripple you. It's going to make you feel so bad about everything you're doing when you realize how many things that you thought were going to happen didn't, or they turned out a different way. And anybody that's watched the stock market closely, by closely, I mean, keep a journal you keep a journal, write down what you think should happen, and then watch what happens, after about six months, you will never write in that journal again. <laughs> You're going to see how poorly that performed. Anyway, why am I talking about all this stuff? Because trying to be too exact is, is going to really hurt your plans. You just need to have a, a ballpark figure out there. You need to know approximately how much your, your monthly expenditures are. You know, there are certain expenditures you have to pay. I mean, you have to pay your real estate tax. You know, you got to pay your sewer bills. You got to pay, if you have them, uh, HOA fees. You got to pay your your insurances. Those are the exact. Those you can be pretty sure on. And you can also be pretty sure that over time that they'll actually creep up a little bit. Not always, but yeah. But you can know what those are. And then it's those other things that you want to plan for that uh, are going to fluctuate. You know, if you you want to go to a certain place on vacation because you've never been there and you've always dreamed about it, the, uh, well, all right, the prices on that may be higher or lower significantly. Uh, by the time you get there, you might have that extra, that vacation home that you wanted to buy. Uh, that's the uh, prices on that may go up or down quite a bit. Like a lot, actually, when I'm thinking back to 2008. Holy cow. If you were a real estate investor, 2008, 2009, and had money, you got deals of a lifetime. If you were buying in 2006, you were paying prices that you may not even be seeing again right now. You may have paid more than that property is worth if you put it on the open market today. And that, fortunately, that wasn't frequent. That was not frequent. But that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that can happen. And uh, so realistically, how much money do you need to get by on? You know, it, it's really kind of funny. I have people coming to see me and everybody is, uh, you know, you can go to my website, sign up for a free uh, consultation. I actually have some new software. I'm always looking at software, by the way. If, I, if I've got something that works better than the software that I'm working now, I'm going to use it. I promise you. And I'm constantly searching for that kind of stuff. In fact, I had someone uh, ask about an annuity product or if I could 
look into that. Well, I have a database for that, and it covered, there are 30-some thousand products in there. And that list is growing because they keep coming out with new ones. And who wants me to look at it? I'm going to take a look at it. That's, that's the difference between having a full-service firm and a robo-broker. I'll look into other things, things that I don't even deal in. Why do I do that? Well, number one, I think I'm a nice guy. <laughs> number two, I'm actually very curious. Number three, it's how I've learned probably two-thirds of what I learned. Maybe a third came from a, a class or a book. But two-thirds of it is just experience. It's people asking, asking questions. Me listening to the question and going, hey, you know what? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm going to look into that. And, and I'll tell you, probably more often than not, those people never even opened an account or did business with me. But I still benefited from that relationship because I found something out that I otherwise would not have known or maybe would have taken me a lot longer to find out. And that's pretty good. So when you've got a, uh, 30 years of experience, you've had a lot of those experiences. And there's a lot of stuff. You just pick it up over time. That's what uh, one of the things I really like and I really appreciate about this business. You're always learning. Always learning. Because they're always changing something. Interest rates being below 1%. That's a change. Really did not think that that would happen in America. But it did. So that's a change. Companies coming out with products. Insurance companies actually working together. Pooling their risk. I would have never believed that. No way. That'd be like the Republicans and Democrats agreeing on everything. <laughs> that ain't ever happening. <laughs> but that's what happened in this insurance business. These guys that were competitors, try to cutthroat competitors, have decided to join together because they found out that there's this opportunity out there that they're, it's too big for any one of them to do by themselves. And I've been talking about it for quite a while now. You know, one of the companies that I'm, I'm using, it's a local company. They're headquartered in Columbus. It's called Nationwide. You might have heard of them. They are nationwide, by the way. But uh, lots of different divisions there. I really like what they've done. I really like what they've done. I really like their credit, their credit ratings. So, but they're not the, uh, the only ones out there. There's, they're a group of these people. And uh, so if you have a, if you have an annuity and this is what we're talking about annuities, if you have an annuity and you want me to review it, I'll review it for you. Not a problem. I like doing that sort of thing. I like seeing what's in there. What are the uh, advantages and disadvantages? Everything has advantages and disadvantages. You know what the advantage of having a, a CD is? It's backed up by the FDIC, which is a branch of the federal government. That's the advantage. You know what the disadvantage is? It pays less than 1%. That's the disadvantage. Everything has advantages and disadvantages. The, uh, the stuff that I'm talking, that I've been talking about over the last few months is the, uh, a fixed indexed annuity. It's a relatively new development. There were indexed annuities, equity indexed annuities. That was the first iteration of that. I'm, I wasn't a big fan. I'm still not a big fan of that because they didn't have a minimum guarantee on that. Now they do. It's called fixed indexed. That word fixed, it, make, it makes a big difference, huge difference. So if you're interested in, in learning more about that, 
incomes for retirement. Next week on this show, I'm going to go through some examples of how you might apply this personally. I would have done it this week, but I didn't have uh, enough time to get everything put together the way that I wanted it to. And so I'm going to do that next week. I'm going to give some examples of how you might use this. And this is really going to help. I mean, being able to uh, have a higher sense of security or a higher sense of knowability, you know, what can I expect? That goes a long way towards helping you manage your money and live a comfortable retirement or just manage your money and build enough money up for retirement. It's really difficult to stay calm when investments drop in a couple months and they're down 35 or 40%. A little disturbing. See your whole net worth drop by a third or more. I'll tell you, the, the bear market that, that really <laughs> wore me out. March of 2000, the markets peaked. And they would go down, and then they would rally just enough to give you a little bit of hope, and then they go down again. And it's, it stayed in that process for three years. That was rough. The 2008-2009, not so much. That recovered significantly faster than the 2000 through 2003. Now, and here's the risk for all you people that are within 15 years from retirement. You cannot afford to go through that again without materially, materially damaging your ability to retire. Now, don't panic because I know Walmart will still be hiring greeters. But that may be your choice. If you're within 15 years of retirement and you don't want to be a greeter, I mean, I think it would be fun. In fact, I'm, I may even volunteer to do that job for free. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to work at Lowe's because that's my that's my goal. Make enough money to be able to retire and work at Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, I should charge him for that commercial. Anyway, this is Bill Bullington. I'm right here on 1420. I'll be back in about 10 minutes. Talk to you soon. And we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Also being simulcast on 1220 right now. So if you're uh, traveling farther away, you can pick that up. That's a 50,000 watt station, by the way. That goes a long way. So welcome all those people. And if you'd like to hear this again, you can actually go to my website. It's BullingtonCapital.com where you can also fill out a little form there if you'd like to set up a, a phone meeting or an in-person meeting. We're doing those. Uh, eventually, I'll get around to learning how to use Zoom, and uh, we'll do a Zoom meeting. But I've been kind of procrastinating because they, Zoom got hacked a couple times, and uh, boy, am I glad I didn't sign up earlier. But eventually, we'll get that done. And uh, at some point in time, there's a, an investment club 
that I've been talking to will ha- actually end up probably meeting once in once in uh, once a month and talking about that kind of stuff too because it, it is pretty fun. Um, it, it's pretty fun thing. Investing does not have to be boring. In fact, sometimes it's downright frightening. <laughs> Uh, it's not frightening if you know what to expect. So if you, that's and that's my. I don't know. I guess um, I feel very str- strongly that people should do as much as they can to educate themselves uh, to really understand how financial markets actually work. I can't tell you how many people I've I've met who are extremely successful in financial markets, and after five or ten minutes talking to them, I realize it was all luck. They don't understand the very basics, the fundamentals. I go, oh, sheesh, that is, that's spooky because um, I've seen a lot of that. At some, at some point in time, you're going to have to have some skill and you can't just rely on luck. But it's really hard to tell somebody that who's put a ton of money into one stock and done very well with that one stock. You know, that's not a that's not a viable long term strategy. <laughs> the, uh, inevitably, you know, stocks are kind of like people where when they're young, they grow a lot faster. Uh, Then that growth rate tends to slow down, and then eventually a lot of those companies go away. And if that's something that you had gone, if you'd invested in a company when it was young and growing fast, and uh, you stayed with it for 10, 15 years, and you're you're thinking to yourself, well, this will never go away. Yeah, don't tell that to people who invested in Compact Computer. Uh, Don't tell that to people who invested in actually thousands of companies, just like the Huge companies. Remember Kmart? Remember Grants before them? The uh, those are retailers. But I'm just telling you, the list is long and long and long. And I'm going to quit uh, talking about this subject because it's kind of boring. Actually, uh, it is important. It's important that you know. And uh, I think that's incredibly important. Actually, investment management is really about managing the risk. That's what you're really doing. I want a 5% return with no risk. Well, today, that's hard to get. You can get a 5% return. You can get returns that are higher than that. If you're older than that, um, they'll guarantee a higher than a 5% income. And that's what we're talking about with the Nationwide product. This, these are income guarantees. But you can't get it like a CD. You know, 5% CDs don't exist. But bonds that are paying 5% are from companies who probably have some problems. And if their problems continue to increase, they may end up having to default on that bond and not pay it or the interest. Okay, so, again, everything is about managing the risk. You don't, as, And if you're within 10 years of retirement, you really can't afford to be taking those risks, huge risks, because you don't have enough life expectancy to make that back. You know, when you're all the way up to probably age 40, yeah, you can take whatever risk you want. When you get past the age of 40, then you might want to start thinking about taking a little bit less risk. You're still going to have to have returns, by the way. You'll never get rid of the risk. I shouldn't say never, because if Warren Buffett put all his money in at one half of 1%, it'd still be a few hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> so, but... Very few people have the ability to invest exclusively in CDs or bonds and be able to maintain their lifestyle. So you're going to have to invest in stocks some way, shape, or form. My favorite way to do it is ETFs. My favorite way to try to add a little 
uh, oomph in there is to pick one or two sectors and overweight those sectors. Yeah, if you're right, it's great. If you're not right, it's not going to end your investing career. Manage the risk. That's what you all, all you have to try to do is manage the risk. If you're dealing with an advisor, I'd probably look for a fiduciary. That just means that they've taken an oath to work in your best interest. They're legally, legally obligated to at that point to work in your best interest. So that, that's kind of simple. And uh, if they're not, just you know, ask them to go take the courses. You know, the uh, anybody that doesn't want to be a, a registered fiduciary, um, I don't know. You know, and I'm sure there's some that aren't. There's some good guys out there, good women that aren't registered as a fiduciary. But, you know, all other things being equal, that, that's something that I would probably ask for. Um, a little bit later in today's show, we are going to talk about some individual stocks. And lately, the lists you know, on the Lookout for the Bull website have been huge. Well, I've got a little tweak. And I'm going to talk to... Uh, Mr. Seeger about this. He's the guy that runs the website, uh, runs the sc- screens every day. When there's more, when there are more than forty stocks, that's incredibly difficult to pick from. There's a parameter that you can add that will narrow that down to just the stronger stocks. And actually, it did cut that forty plus uh, list down to seventeen on Friday. I'm probably going to get mad that I didn't show this to him earlier, <laughs> but that's okay. The uh, um, if you add this thing, and all it is is I want to look at the last 90 days, what has been the average volume of those stocks that are making the, the cut, and I only want to look at those whose volume was up today at least 25% higher than its average over the last 90 days. And think about that. Why would I want to do that? Well, the higher the volume, the more interest there is. And when you've got interest that's, 125% of the average interest over the past 90 days. We're equating that by just looking at the change in the volume today versus the 90-day average. Um, it works. You're looking at just those companies whose activity levels would lead you to believe that there's some serious accumulation going on there. And uh, so it's just a little tiny thing there, little tidbits these are the uh, kinds of things we'll probably talk about uh, at the investment club that we're going to be meeting with here relatively shortly, as soon as we can get that scheduled. And uh, I like it. And, and by the way, all this is about managing risk. You know, why are we picking these stocks? Well, because they're going up right now. And I'm looking at the fundamentals on the stocks. One of the companies is a company called Canadian Solar. And you know what they do? Uh, they make products for solar panels. You know how fast that industry is growing? It's growing fast. Don't believe the negative news out there. One of these days, windmills and solar panels are going to continue to get so good that they'll, they will end up providing maybe half, maybe more. In fact, I read somewhere, I don't know what the publication was, but the amount of sunlight that hits the earth in one day, uh, if we were able to capture it, and I forgot what the percentage of it, it was a it was a relatively small percentage of the sunlight that hits the earth in one day would actually power if we could capture and, and store that, which by the way, we've got that's what the uh battery packs are for. Um I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Tesla, the guy that's known for the electric cars, he's also making batteries 
and the batteries that he's making are uh, going to be able to, to capture and store this. Like they're for your homes. That's what that one of the one of the projects that he's working on. He's not the only one. So if we can capture and store that stuff, it's a relatively small percentage of the energy that hits the Earth from the sun in one day. I read it would power the entire Earth's uh, needs for energy for a hundred years. That's amazing. To know that that's out there, that that potential is out there, that's a big deal. And to know that people are working towards that, that's a big deal. Is it going to happen tomorrow? No. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. But at least we know they're working on it. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Watch what happens with the pandemic. After after, After it slows down, after they finally get some sort of control, you're going to see a, a growth. All the demand comes back. People still want to eat. They want to go out to eat. People still want to drive cars. They still want to wear clothing, hopefully. Um, they still want to live in house, housing. That joke never gets a laugh, by the way. The uh, And I'm okay with that because <laughs> I think it's funny. Anyway, that demand, the aggregate demand is still going to be there and it's still going to grow. So, And now you've added to the aggregate demand because of all the equipment that the hospitals have to have, all the extra staff they have to have, all the even just the masks that people have to buy uh, and wear. Hopefully we won't have to wear them forever. That'd be weird. It'd be like a novel. But anyway, the bottom line is when things get back to normal, you're going to have all this extra stuff that we have to do to try to help prevent or reduce the next flare-up of the pandemic. So the economy is actually going to grow. And that's kind of the silver lining to this whole thing. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing about me talk about this. And I'm not talking to uh, you about this. I'm talking about this to the new people. (laughs) Just kidding. But anyway, if you guys uh, have questions that you would like me to to address on future shows, just feel free to email me. It's bill at bullingtoncapital.com. Or you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Uh, if you hear anything and you just think that you'd like to talk about it, uh, you know, feel free. It's uh, basically what I do. Uh, and I'll be glad to try to help you out any way I can. Um, if you'd like to know more about that nationwide product the, that's got the guaranteed income, and, and I, I can kind of tell you what I'm working on for next week, that where I'll get into it a lot more. But... What I was talking about is taking a portion of the money that you'd normally have in fixed income. So in portfolios, we would have fixed income stocks and cash. Some people like to say, well, real assets. Okay, real assets, that's stuff like gold, um, land, real estate. There are companies within the indexes that invest in those things. I don't really feel like that's something that you have to put a lot of money in or that you would need to pay a tremendous amount of attention to unless you wanted to. And that's a different story. If you want to keep up with that kind of stuff in real estate, gold, um, commodities, great. You know, you can absolutely add that kind of stuff into your portfolio. It hasn't been a huge help for an extremely long time period. And I don't have enough time to go into all the reasons why. But I'm just telling you that the outlook for those areas, uh, other than maybe gold, are uh, 
incredibly difficult to pick uh, opportunities in, and they don't really have kind of the economic winds at their backs. They don't have the conditions in place that might make that a good thing. Now, may, that may change. Now, I can promise you everything's going to change over time, and keeping up with the change is, is, is kind of difficult, so you want to stay tuned because when it starts to happen, I'll let you know. um, It's not happening yet. Gold's actually been the best performer in most um, of those categories. Most of the real assets, things that you can touch, that's what a real asset is, something you can actually touch. uh, It's real estate, gold, silver, corn. You can touch corn. Anyway, I feel myself uh, spinning out of control here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But... If you have a, uh, oh, that's, yeah, I did want to come back to and talk about the, there's a plan, a retirement planning tool. And I think uh, it's a great tool. It's put out by Fidelity. Uh, They make it available to people like myself, who I am one of Fidelity's customers. I'm one of their institutional clients. We use them as one of our custodians. And they've upgraded the software. It's it's doing, I think it does a great job. It just gives you an idea of where you need to be to be able to reach your retirement goals. So I'm going to start using it uh, for everybody. Come in and uh, do analysis. It only takes me about, I don't know, 30 minutes to put the data in. And it takes the software about one minute to run the simulations and show you what the output is going to be or the results might be. I thought it was really funny. I I think they they show you if, if the market did really bad how you might perform if stocks did really bad or really poorly. They show you how if the market did kind of bad, how it might perform. And then they show you if it did average. Now they used to have, what if it did slightly above average? What if it did a lot better than average? They just cut that right out. (laughs) I think that it's pretty funny. Um, It's a good idea, by the way. When you're planning for retirement, you should underplan. I mean, not underplan. You should plan to hit numbers with lower returns than what have been experienced historically. Why? Because it's a safe thing to do. It's the smarter thing to do. And if you do keep up with the historical return numbers, you'll be that much further ahead. So just take those numbers. And, and the one that really strikes me is everything I've seen, all the software that I look at is still using a 3% return for bonds. Are you kidding me? 3%? The seven-year note, the seven-year treasury is paying 0.55. The 10-year treasury is paying 0.77. Okay. That's like going from 77 to 300. So if somebody said, this, I don't know, I hear the music right in the middle of my thought. You're listening to Bill Bullington. I'll be right back after these messages. Shattered like you've never been before. The life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor. And words fall.
day I was thinking to myself, made a list of all my mistakes. Oh, I wish I could have run to you and tell you all about my heartbreak. And we're back. Hey, if you'd like to call today, well, I got about 15 minutes left. The number is 216 901 0945. 216 901 0945. I was just talking a little bit uh, again about uh, interest rates, you know, being so low. Um, that's a uh, uh, that's tough. To there are various options you have out there now. There are some products that are relatively new in the marketplace that are designed to help people that are getting closer to retirement. How do I put a little more certainty into that retirement? How can I earn competitive rates of return without risking the farm? I would tell you the. Uh, Look at the S&P 500. The past 20 years, I think it's averaged about somewhere between 7 and 8% a year. Why? Well, because last 20 years, you had some major corrections along the way, and it knocked the long-term returns down fairly significantly. So, and if you had retired and put all of your money in the stock market in March of 2000, there's a pretty good chance that you're probably going back to work today. And the reason I'm talking about this is I get people talking all the time about, well, I want to make the most money. I want to make the highest returns. Well, no, you don't because the risk with doing that is significantly higher than you think it is. And if you get a big downturn and you have to start taking money out, those dollars that you spent when the market was down, they're not coming back. They don't have a chance to make it up. And that can ruin your your retirement. So you got to know that it, it, for the portion of your money that you have in stocks, yeah, you want to be competitive. You want to have good returns there, but you don't want to have all your money in stocks. Now, unfortunately for the vast majority of people, they say, well, it's got to be completely liquid. Really? Your whole portfolio has got to be completely liquid. First of all, I don't believe that. Secondly, I just don't think anybody's ever explained it to you. To have a completely liquid portfolio, that means I can cash it in at any time and not have to pay any penalties. Okay, you're going to get less than 1% on that, and that's before taxes. You're going to get less than 1% before taxes. You want something that's completely safe or, you know, quote-unquote safe, something that's got a guarantee from a government agency on it, you're going to get less than 1%, and you're probably going to end up with about a half of a percent. That is a... uh, that is nuts. Half a percent, one half one percent, and people are hanging on to. They're clinging on to those investments. Just an observation, having done this over the years, they're clinging to those investments, hoping beyond hope that interest rates are going to go up again one day. I know, though. I remember when CD rates were ten percent or eighteen percent. You don't really remember the eighteen percent because everybody around that that was around during that time has died. They're if you had any money around that time, which was the late 70s, you're probably not here right now. And I don't mean to be cynical or anything, but uh, and I feel bad about the tone I was just taking. But reality is those rates of the 4 to 5% CDs, probably not coming back anytime soon. Why? Well, we've just added a massive amount of debt to our balance sheet to try to get through this pandemic, which is the right thing to do. But there are consequences. You don't have actions without reactions. And I guess that's the, the thing that is probably the most misunderstood. And it's not misunderstood because people are dumb. It's because 
psychologically, they don't want to hear that. They don't want that to happen. They want to hear that there's going to be a 5 or 6% CD out there. Well, it doesn't exist in the form of a CD. And the likelihood of it, of it, of it existing is extremely remote. I mean, there's, there's a chance, but the Browns may go undefeated for the rest of the year and hold all the other teams scoreless. Okay? That's what the chances are like, that that's not going to happen. There is a chance. It's not a good one. So you have to deal with the cards that you're dealt. You got to play the cards you're dealt. Okay. The cards we're dealt right now are extremely low interest rates. What do we do? Well, insurance companies who are used to doing pensions, in fact, insurance companies invented the pension industry. It's the uh, money management firms got in and changed it, but they're still actively involved. The actuarial tables, all the work that goes on for determining how much of a pension you're going to get if you put in 40 years in a school district somewhere is done by an actuary. That work was originally done by life insurance companies. I don't know if you knew that or not. So insurance companies are getting back and they're getting involved in the the industry again, the retirement planning industry, and they're bringing out products that have returns that are higher than what you're going to get on a CD. They're not CDs, but they have a higher return. So in addition to the higher return, I mean, uh, in exchange for the higher return, they have restrictions. So it's not something you can say, okay, this is for everybody. In fact, that would be completely irresponsible to say that this is how everybody should do it. But it might solve your needs or at least a portion of your needs. You get a good Income coming in that's guaranteed by the company. If you want to make sure you're investing in good, solid companies because you want them to be there to make you know, good on their guarantees, um, that can go a long way towards helping you in your overall plan, helping you, helping you reach your goals. And uh, I had some really specific, actually, um, explanations and illustrations that I've been working on, and I just wasn't able to finish it this week. There are a lot of reasons for that, but I will have them next week. Next week, we'll go through those illustrations right here. You can call me during the week or send me an email and say, yeah, I would like to be a part of that or I'd like to talk to you about it, at least talk to you about it on the phone. No problem. No problem whatsoever. I think I'm going to take the next few minutes to talk about the Lookout for the Bull website. Um, This is not something everybody should do, by the way. The Lookout for the Bull website is a no-holds-barred, this is what it's like to invest in stocks using a momentum approach, not to be confused with value. Those are the exact opposites. They both can work extremely well if you have a good understanding of what they are. So this is a, a momentum model. There's a lookoutforthebull.com. Mike Seeger runs the scans every day and publishes them. It's only 10 bucks a week, which is a huge savings by the way, or 10 bucks a week, 10 bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, it's 10 bucks a month. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in the future as well. But I just went through the scan that I had, I made an adjustment because when I didn't make the adjustment, there were just too many names that came up on the list. Now, having been doing this for a long time, I have a really good idea of how to um, make an adjustment to reduce the number. I'm going to run this again. I just ran it. Uh, there were 50 names on the one that 
my favorite, my favorite scan that I run. There were 50 names on that. Now, when I go back and I add this criteria, which I'm going to do right now while I'm on the radio, I'm hitting the plus sign right now, and I'm going to click on choose conditions, and then I'm going over to my conditions. That means I'm the one that wrote them. And then I'm going to above average volume by 1.25. That means it's it's 25% higher than its average daily volume over the last 90 days. I just run the scan again, and it goes from 50 names down to 25. Let me ask you a question. Would you have to would you rather have to spend your time looking at fifty companies? Or do you want to go through twenty-five? Voila. <laughs> it's easier. So the first one that comes up, some company looks like it's pronounced bungee. I don't know. I don't know how it's pronounced. Farm products, whatever that is. <laughs> I would have to look that up. The symbol is BG. So if you went to Bowling Green, you might have an affinity towards that stock. I know you're thinking, oh, that's crazy. Nope. I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've heard every reason on the planet to buy a stock. So anyway, the next one is Canadian Solar, the one that we were talking about a little bit earlier. They're uh, in solar products. I believe that it's a semiconductor manufacturer. I'd have to look because I look at these things so often. This one's uh, this one's really running. It's running fast. Uh, that one would be something that I would go, yeah, that's worth a shot. That would be worth a shot, but only... If you go back and you read the rule called the 1% rule on the Look Out for the Bull website, if you don't read that rule, I put the training, by the way, up there for free. The training is free. It's not all that sophisticated. It's better than the, the vast majority of sophisticated models. A lot better. And that's the other thing that, that kills me is uh, the individual investor does have a big edge over the big institutions because you're smaller. You can move faster. They can't. They would love to be able to get in and out of a stock as as quickly as you can. They can't. Okay, so you have that edge. That edge doesn't mean that you're going to win. It means you have an edge. You have to be able to use that edge. You have to have the the discipline to keep coming back and repeating over and over and over again. Okay, so I'll I'll come back to that in a later program because we're getting pretty close here. There's a company called Hibbit Sports. It looks like it's a uh, sporting goods store. The price to sales ratio is 0.3. This one's been coming up for, I don't know, a couple months. And uh, when you have a 0.3 price to sales ratio in an industry where the price to sales ratio has a tendency to get up to one or better, then uh, that's not too bad. So it's worth a shot. Uh, Creighton Corporation, have no idea who they are. Renewable Energy Group, looks like a refiner. Dicom Industries is an engineering and construction company symbol is dy got a great looking chart if you guys have ever seen william o'neill's um cup and handle pattern that is a cup and handle pattern uh it doesn't meet the exact criteria he wrote about in the book but i'm sure if he wrote that book today it would change that book was written 30 years ago uh anyway it looks pretty good i'm going to go down to sun power it's another semiconductor company in uh Oh, I hear the music. Darn! Well, the symbol is SPWR. <laughs> well, that's a good one. And I tell you what, I'm going to buy that one on Monday at 1030. I'm going to put my stop in there. I'm going to follow the 1% rule I published. And with that, I'm going to let you guys go. This is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. 
Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.